Good morning to each one of you. It is good to be with you here at Myerstown this morning. And I want to thank each of you on behalf of the offering that was lifted this morning. We appreciate, once again, your support that you give to us at Shenandoah. I was blessed as I was here this morning with the devotional Sunday school lesson and, yeah, the message that I would like to share with you this morning. Before I get into that, just a little update. I think it was in May when I was here last and I shared about our school and we were looking for all new staff for our school going into the school term. So we were praying and asking many people and when I shared the message in May, we did not have anyone lined up to teach at our school. And it was the very next day, I think it was Monday, after I shared the message here, that I got a phone call from a young man from Oregon. He had went to SNBI with Logan, and I believe it was that Sunday afternoon that Logan and Dawson were talking, and Dawson was looking somewhere to teach. And Logan made the need known, and we are very thankful that we have Dawson. He's, I believe, 19 years old now, a young man, and school just started this past week, and he is plugging in. It's new for him, but he is doing a super job so far, so it's exciting to see that. However, we are still looking for teachers <laughs> with the school term already started. We had a few that looked promising that ended up not working out, and at this point we have Dale's wife Connie that is teaching first through third grade and their daughter Casey that is teaching kindergarten. So we are still looking for teachers. So the, the needs are being met at the school. I'm very thankful for their willingness to plug in, ideally short term until we find someone. So I am sharing that again and I'm hoping and expecting maybe a phone call from someone tomorrow. <laughs> I won't put that pressure on you, but if you know of anyone or maybe someone sitting here this morning that would enjoy that position, we, the, the need is there and housing is available. This story is told of two farmers that farmed right next to each other. Their, their land joined each other. And these farmers were brothers and they farmed along each other for years and it worked well. When planting time came in the spring, they would work together at getting their crops in. When fall time came, they would pull together and they would help each other with their harvest. And this went on, I believe it was for 40 some years where they would work together and help each other. There was one day where the farmers got into a disagreement, well actually it was some, somewhat of a misunderstanding, and they kind of left that day with some, feeling some hurt from each other. And when they met again, they talked about it some more, and instead of working it out, it actually got worse and worse until one day it exploded into a very hateful argument, uh, unkind words were exchanged. And as a result that day, those two farmers went home to their farms and completely shut each other off for the, from their lives. And that went on for weeks 
months dragged on where the farmers had no communication between the two. What lasted for many years was broken to the extent that the younger farmer dug a ditch between the two, the, the, the property line, to just bring some separation to the farms. One day, there was a knock on the door of the older farmer, and the farmer went to the door to find a man with a toolbox, and he was looking for work, and he asked the older farmer, do you have any work around the farm that I could do? I'm, I'm looking for work, I'm a handyman, if you need something built, uh, I'm the man, I can do it. The farmer thought for some time, and all of a sudden hit him. He said, yes, I have the perfect job for you. They went outside, and he said, you see that farm over there? He's like, that's my brother's farm, and we do not communicate. In fact, I, don't, I get tired of looking over and seeing his farm. I want you to build me something that when I step out of my house, that I no longer see my brother's farm over there. And the carpenter thought for a time and said, you know what, I, I think I can build something that'll make you happy. So the farmer and the carpenter, they went, they got busy getting some supplies together and the farmer told the carpenter, he said, I need to go to town for the day. I'm not gonna be able to come back until tonight, but here's a material that you have access to and you build me something that I no longer have to look over and see my neighbor's or my brother's farm. So the carpenter went to work and he worked all day and as it was near dusk, the farmer was returning from town and he came in the lane. He was anxious to see how far the, the carpenter had got, what he was, what, what all he got done that day. And as the farmer came in his lane, he looked out across where this wall should be. And instead of seeing the wall, he saw a bridge, a beautiful bridge that was built across the ditch that his younger brother had dug. And across that beautiful bridge was his younger brother coming across. And that younger brother came across to his older brother and it was that day that those two brothers embraced. And the younger brother said to the older brother, I don't know why you can be so kind to me after I've done what I've done to divide our farms. But it was that bridge that restored those brothers' relationships. That was one wise carpenter. And the farmer turned to that carpenter. He said, I want you to stay. I have more work for you to do. But that carpenter said, no. He said, I have many more bridges to build. And I want to ask us the question this morning, does the world need more walls or bridges? What does the world need? We live in a time where there's a lot of turmoil in our world, and I know you have been hearing a lot about it. I know there's been messages preached about it. But I share this as something that was heavy on my heart a few weeks ago. And the title of my message this morning is, Are You Building Walls or Bridges? Are you building walls or are you building bridges? A bridge allows for communication. It's what restored the brother's relationship. A wall stops or ends communication. Walls hinder relationships. And you've probably heard the phrase maybe many times about people burning bridges. 
You know, some people have a reputation of burning bridges, or we might think of them just breaking relationships with many people. They keep moving on throughout life, but their life results in many burned bridges because of how they respond to the relationships that they have. And a few weeks ago, at Shenandoah, I, we were talking about things as a church family, you know, with the things that were going on, with the governor's mandates, how do we move forward? And after talking to several different people within the church family at Shenandoah, I realized that we don't all think the same. We all, or we, some of us feel very different about how we should respond to the things that was going on in the world, and more specifically, the governor's mandates, and maybe more specifically, the mask. And we didn't all come to the same place. I talked to Brother Lester one day, talked to him for a while, and looking for wisdom, you know, how do we go through this? I talked to Dale for a while, and Shenandoah was not at a I didn't feel at all at a place where we were really unsettled, but it was something to work through. And you know, how do we navigate through this where we have some strong opinions on both sides? And I soon realized that many churches were in very similar situations with wrestling through. And I felt very sorry for the one church leader that I talked to. He said, you know, it's, it's that difficult in the congregation where he's serving that they cannot please everybody. He went on to share that there's some that feel the government is stepping way out of line and that as a church body, we need to keep moving forward and go as we were before. But then they had someone else in the congregation that was rather offended, some of the, that they weren't making more changes because of what the government was asking to the to this point where they actually started going to another church. And when I hear things like that, that breaks my heart. This is what seem to be such petty things. A face mask. Are face masks gonna divide churches? I hope and pray they won't. I don't know what all the future holds and none of us really do, but I believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're living in days where we're, gonna, we're going to be facing more tests. And my heart's desire, and I believe each one of your heart's desire is that as a church body, even though we might feel differently about things, that we can still come together and worship together because of the unity that we do have. And I believe if we're going to allow small things to divide our churches, it's in a sense, it's really giving the devil a, a foothold and it's going to bring division and it will weaken the church. I've already heard, I don't know the, the story very well, but about a church splitting over rubber tires, whether or not they should accept rubber tires. And to me, I look at that and I can almost think it's like humorous, like how would you allow that to divide a church? I've never went through a church that was going through a division and I hope and pray that I never will go through something like that. But if I would have been there to listen to the the stories from both sides of that church division over rubber tires, whether they should adapt the rubber tires or not, I'm sure it came down to some very strong opinions on both sides. If there weren't strong opinions on both sides, there would have been no division. And a few weeks ago, this is, I, I'm repeating this message. I did share this message at Shenandoah. 
And my goal and prayer for this message is that as a body of believers at Myerstown or wherever a body of believers is gathered, that even though we're going through somewhat difficult times, it might get more difficult, but can we come together and worship in a spirit of unity during these times? And I praise God that Shenandoah congregation can come together and worship together. And my opinion on all these opinions is that, you know, even though we might feel differently about some things, can we give a listening ear to each other? Can we hear each other's hearts? Can we accept each other's point of view? And can we still come and have that spirit of unity? And I think it's okay to come together with differing opinions. Differ, differing opinions are not wrong. In, in fact, hearing each other, it can actually, I believe, build the church and it can have a positive effect on a church. So a bridge will be built when we can respect the other person's opinion and not be judgmental towards them. On the contrast, a wall will be built when we are set that our opinion is the only right one and, that we, and when we refuse to give a listening ear to the other's point of view. And it was mentioned already this morning about listening. And I want to talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the message. How we can listen to each other and hear each other's point of view. And what I'm going to be mainly talking about this morning is division or maybe some strife from opinions. Not from, it's a completely, I believe maybe another message could be preached when there's people straying from the truth in God's word. There's times, I believe, where a church needs to part when maybe some of the church is leaving the truth of God's word and going a different direction. But what I'm speaking more this morning is just when someone has a differing opinion and not a different doctrinal belief. Just for an example of that, I think it was Jim that shared this story. I'm not sure when it was, some time ago. I believe he shared it here. Sometimes I listen to the messages that are preached here. I enjoy doing that. And I think it was Jim that shared the story of a men's meeting where men got together and there was a church. I might not share it exactly how it was, but there was a tree at the church that most of the men felt this tree should come down. So as a, in the men's meeting, they went around the circle of men getting their opinions on whether this tree should stay or go. And there was only one man that felt strongly that, no, this tree is, it, it provides shade, this tree should stay. But because of all the rest of the men saying, no, it would be better if this tree was taken down, the decision was made to remove the tree. The beautiful thing about that story, if I remember correctly, the first man to show up that Saturday morning to take the tree down was the man who felt that the tree should stay. He realized that was just a, his personal opinion. The others felt it should be differently, and he was willing to be unified with the church body and come and to lay his opinion aside and for the sake of the church come together and help remove the tree. For a text this morning you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to look at the beginning of the chapter. In this chapter Paul is urging the Christians to keep the unity of the spirit and there's three points that I would like to look at. And the first one is bridge builders, things that unite. The second one is wall builders, things that divide. And then thirdly is a question, what are you doing? 
are you building walls or are you building bridges? And under that point, I would like to look at some personal application. So in Ephesians 4, there's something I want all of you to notice as I read the first six verses. There's one word that is mentioned many times. And maybe as I read these verses, some of you can count how many times the word one is listed here. So Paul is urging the body, the, the, the body of Christ to come together. There is a oneness about the body of Christ. So Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 1, I'll read through verse 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 4, there is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So verses four through six, anyone count how many times the word one is used in those three verses, verses four through six? Seven, thank you. That's what I got as well. So seven times Paul uses the word one. And I'd like to look at those very quickly. And Joey already mentioned this in the devotional that he had this morning in Acts, how there was a oneness about the group. There was unity there. There was something in common that those believers had in the early church. And everybody of Christ today still has a oneness about them. Opinions may vary, but there's still a oneness. And this oneness should be what brings us together. So the first one Paul mentioned, one body, the fellowship of believers. And this can even be it can, I believe, can be applied to a body of Christ here at Myerstown, but also the, the universal church. And there is something so beautiful when believers in Christ of differing denominations, different churches can come together for one purpose. And when I think of that, I think of a prison ministry. A few years I went with uh, the Prison Crusade Gospel Express. Many different congregations coming together for one purpose, and we, there was something in common that every one of us had. This oneness does not separate by race, or by nation. There's many things going on in our world with race, there's riots, there's protests and things taking place, but there's a oneness that brings the body of Christ together. Secondly, one spirit, the Holy Spirit who activates the fellowship Thirdly, one hope, the glorious future to which we are called. Fourthly, one Lord, Christ to whom we all belong. I'm going through these verses here, four, and four through six. Number five, one faith, our singular commitment to Christ. Number six, one baptism, the expression of allegiance to Christ. And number seven, one God, the same God who created us and the one who keeps us for eternity. So the next time that you feel maybe at odds, maybe I shouldn't even say at odds, but maybe differing opinion with the church body, sometimes we do well, I believe, to look at what we do have in common and let those things that we have in common bring us together.
these seven things en enable us to bond together as believers, and they bring unity to both the local church and they bring unity to the church at large, the believers in Christ. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read more verses in Ephesians 4, but I encourage you to do that sometime. Verses 7 through 16, Paul goes on to talk about the differing gifts that are given to each believer, and probably verses that you're all familiar with. But we are called to work together. We have different gifts, and maybe different opinions can be put in there as well, might not be completely in the context that Paul is talking about. But for an illustration, I put a few Legos together for those if you are a child here this morning and enjoy building things with Legos, you can all take a look at this. I built this little structure, house, or whatever you want to call it, with different size Legos. There's some big ones, there's some really little ones, some medium-sized ones, but they all fit together really nicely when they all have their place. And I would like to illustrate that with, it is the same way, as the body of Christ, God gives each one of us different gifts. We're all called to maybe do little different things where one of us shines, the other one of us might not do so well at. So when we all do our part, when we all use our gifts, when we all share our opinion and it can see each other's point of view, we can still have unity even in some diversity or some different shapes and sizes. We can still come together and be unified together. And I would like this to illustrate just a healthy, thriving church. Not all looking alike, but all serving their part. Another place you can turn to for a passage is John 17. Steve, I'm not, oh, there you are. I, I know you went to this last Sunday in your message. I enjoyed listening to your message. And I would like to just note a few verses in here. Steve did not read all of them, but Steve talked about the prayer that Jesus prayed before he was crucified, just before he was crucified. And he was praying for his disciples in the beginning of the prayer, but then he extended it to all believers in Christ. So that includes you and I today. This is in John 17. This is a prayer that Jesus prayed for you towards the end. I would like to read verses 20 through 23 in John 17. Again, what I want you to notice as I read these verses, the word one. Jesus had a heart that his children, that his followers, followers would be united by a oneness that we have. John 17 verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me, or has loved them as thou hast loved me. So Jesus here is praying for unity. He's praying for a oneness. And when this oneness is present, especially in a world of turmoil, and especially in a world of where people are confused, knowing, not knowing what to believe, when 
the body of Christ can come together in oneness, that will get the world's attention. I truly believe it will. And I believe it's during the difficult times when it's the most noticed by the world when they see that oneness. So Jesus' prayer is that we would have unity. And I'm not preaching this message to you this morning sensing that there is not unity. In fact, by the songs that, were, that Damien chose this morning in the, in the opening, talking or singing about unity and what we have together as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe there is unity here, but I want to encourage you to keep that unity and not to allow division to come. And I believe when there is unity, that is how God's will can be carried out to the fullest extent. To the second point, I'm not going to spend much time on this one, wall builders, things that divide. We must recognize that there is an enemy, and I believe we all do recognize that. We know there's an enemy that's out there to divide. That enemy is Satan. The devil wants to destroy. He wants to devour. He wants to divide. In John 10:10, 10, 10, it says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So we see the two sides, the two kingdoms. Satan is coming to divide, to destroy. But Jesus has come to bring life and to bring unity. And each one of us is walking this earth as pilgrims and strangers, but we're in that war. We're fighting a spiritual battle. Are we going to give room to the enemy? Are we going to allow the devil to divide or are we going to be bridge builders and extending bridges instead of allowing walls to be built? The devil wants you to build walls. He wants to bring separation in the body of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 5, I believe it is, where Peter refers to Satan as a roaring lion. And what happens... Or I think about this lion, what a lion does. When a lion is looking for food, is a lion going to look for a healthy group of animals that can run really fast together, that looks out for each other? Or is the lion going to look for an animal that's isolated, a weak animal or an injured animal? And I believe what happens when we allow a division to come within us or come within, say, the body of Christ. When we isolate ourselves, when we allow walls to be built, we bring separation. I believe, in a sense, we are that weak animal that Satan will notice and that Satan will come after to, as a roaring lion to devour. And I trust that each one of us has a desire not to allow Satan to have an advantage. To illustrate that, I brought a few other things with me. There was a story that I read of a man that had three sons. And this father was trying to teach his sons how to work together, how to do things together. But so often, they would get into a quarrel. They would fight. And instead of working well together, they wouldn't get the job done. They'd be arguing and fighting. So the father thought for some time. And he said, I want you boys to go out in the woods, and I want each of you to bring me a stick. So the boys went searching. They each found a stick. They came back to the father and said, here's the sticks that we found. And the father separated all three boys, 
and he tied all three sticks with rope. He tied them in a bundle. I didn't bring rope with me. But he went to each boy individually. He said, son, here are these sticks. I want you to take, or do you think you can break this bundle of sticks? And each boy confidently said, yes, I can break those sticks. They took that uh, bundle of sticks across their knee. They tried and tried. He went to all three boys, and none of them could break the bundle of sticks. And then the father untied the rope, and then he gave each boy a stick individually, and he said, now I want you to see if you can break the stick. And each boy broke the stick very quickly. That one was a little weak there. I want to be careful when I have that bundle that I don't actually snap them all across my knee or defeat the whole purpose. But each boy broke that stick, and he went to... Yeah, all three, and all three, when they had the individual stick, took it across the knee and could snap it just like that. I think the father got his point across to the boys, and he told the boys that if you're going to go through life continually fighting, continually being divided, you're going to be weak. Together you can do great things. Together you can accomplish more, and that is, I believe, the exact same way for the body of Christ. Together we can be stronger. And when we come together, in spite of our differing opinions, there is strength. And the devil cannot nearly as easily uh, attack those, or attack the uh, people within that body of Christ because they are together. They are there for each other. And there is strength when we can come together in unity. So the third point, what are you building? Is it walls or is it bridges? God desires, obviously, that we build bridges. Bridges, that is God's heart, to be bridge builders, not wall builders. So under some practical application, I just have a few things that I wrote down, and maybe you can go on and extend this list sometime. A bridge builder will care about others, and one way to care about others is to listen to others. Someone who cares well for others will listen to their view even if the other person disagrees. Or even if there's uh, differing views. I don't have a, and I've told people this, I don't care at all if someone has a strong opinion about some things. And I don't care to talk to someone with a strong opinion. But will you please also listen? Listen to that other person that has a differing view. And I believe that is very valuable to do that. A few years ago, I was at Reach, I'm not sure if it was 2015 or 2013, when I sat in a workshop that was taught by Joshua Strickler. He's a, there was or maybe still is, a counselor at Life Ministries. And he talked about caring by listening. And he talked about listening being a skill. That was the first time, I think, in my life that I really thought of listening being a skill. I mean, you know, we... we, talk to each other all the time and you know you listen but a good listener it takes some skill and I learned a few things that day I have not excelled in this area I think it's helped me some but I still have room to grow how often have you been maybe someone came to whether they are sharing an issue that they were going through or something that was heavy on their heart and they came to you because they could confide in you and they were sharing their story with you. And while they're sharing that story, you got the answer for them. Whether you cut them off with your answer or maybe you're just formulating an answer while they're sharing, 
as soon as they're done talking, this is what you need to do. Well, in reality, we likely missed a lot of what they were saying as we're formulating in our mind what we're going to say. And it does us well sometimes just to listen. And if we don't have an answer right away, I learned it's okay. We don't always need an answer, but it does us well to listen. And that was mentioned already in the service this morning by listening. So we can care by listening. Number two, a bridge builder allows other opinions to override their own. And back to that example of the man that allowed or was okay with the tree being cut down. In fact, he was willing to help cut it down. In fact, he was the first one there to cut it down. So a person that is a bridge builder will allow opinions to override their own. They will be gracious towards others. Maybe another one that you could add, a bridge builder is someone who gives, as we heard in the Sunday School lesson this morning. A bridge builder sees the needs that others have and they will give in spite of how they feel. When they see there is a need, they will be quick to give. Another one, a bridge builder will forgive and apologize where there are offenses and miscommunications. How different would have it been for those two brothers that farmed together if they could have, the one could have just extended forgiveness when there was that miscommunication. And a bridge builder, when you are diligent in being a bridge builder, you will be able to forgive the offenses, the miscommunications that come. And you probably all know that in life there are sometimes going to be miscommunications, there are sometimes going to be offenses, but can we extend a bridge? Can we forgive and not allow walls to be built? Another one, bridge building is not as easy as building walls. As I was thinking about this, you know, sometimes in a difficult relationship or in a difficulty that arises, sometimes it's easiest to say, you know what, if you feel that way, fine, you go your way, I'll go my way, and we just won't talk. <laughs> Sometimes maybe that seems like the easiest answer at the time, but in the end, it leads to bitterness. It leads to weakness. It leads to Satan having an advantage over us. So bridge building sometimes is hard work. It's not as easy as building walls. And then last but not least, a bridge builder has a heart of love for others. Love will overlook faults in others. Love overlooks the mistakes others make. Love will see the good in others. And I would like to think of love as the glue that binds us all together. Or if you look at this example of the Legos, these Legos are all fitted nicely together. And as a church body, our love for brothers and sisters in a sense, is the glue or what fits us together. We can be all, we, yeah, different, but yet we can be brought together by the unity that we have. So in conclusion, I again want to ask you the question, what are you building? As you reflect over your life, is it walls or is it bridges? And there were times where I had to go back in my life Sometimes go to the door of or the house where someone lived and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes make a phone call and ask for forgiveness. Tear down those walls. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's very difficult, especially not always knowing how the other person's going to handle it. But 
God wants us to tear down walls and to build bridges. Just as it took a bridge to restore the relationships between the brothers that farmed, so it takes bridges for relationships to thrive for us today. An interesting thing that I've thought about after I've read a quote from Charles Swindoll, he said that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it or react to it. So if you think about that, what happens to me, to me in life is only 10%, but 90% of it is actually how I react or respond to it. And if you maybe think of some people that went through a lot of difficulty in their life, maybe had every reason in their flesh to rise up against some people, yet they chose to forgive. See, they responded in a very positive way. And you can maybe think of people that responded the opposite way as well. I talked to someone this week that responded in a very negative way to relationship difficulties. I talked to a farmer in our area. He's 76 years old. And it was Thursday that I talked to him. He went on to talk about a farmer that he farmed with for quite a few years. But something happened as they, this is a, a true story. This is not, not anything, this, the first story that I share with you about the two farmers. But this is two farmers that farmed right next to each other, that helped each other out, that they got into some disagreements, strong disagreements. The one's a professing Christian. The other one acknowledges God, but he would say he's not very religious. But the sad, sad thing is, to this day, as I was talking to him, he said, well, as, as he was sharing, with, sharing this with me, I told him the story of the two farmers. And I, sh- I shared with him that what God's heart is. And he said, you don't understand. I said, I don't. I said, and I don't need to know all the things that happened. But then he went on to share some things that happened. But it was just that very morning that I read the verses from Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus said, or he taught us how to pray. He went through the Lord's, or prayed the Lord's prayer. And then he said, if we want to be forgiven, if we forgive others, our Heavenly Father will also forgive us. I read those very verses to that farmer, and I said, this is not me speaking. The Bible says, if you choose not to forgive, God can't forgive you. Well, he's going to have to make the first move. And to me, that was so sad to hear. And I encourage him to really think about it as a 76-year-old farmer. He's like, maybe I'll, he's like, maybe I'll do that if he makes the first move. He's like, when I'm walking out to the mailbox and he drives by, he won't even look in at me. How sad that is. And I know that's maybe way out there for us as a body. But what can happen if we continue to, not over, or to forgive the small things, if we continue to allow small walls to be built, that wall, I believe, will get taller and taller. And my heart's desire is for every one of us that walls would be, if there is any walls, that they would be torn down so that we can be a strong body of believers together. So it is through bridge building that God's kingdom will advance. And I believe each one of us would say, yes, we want God's kingdom to advance. Let's be bridge builders. That's my desire. I believe that's your desire. 
And I believe that's God's desire for Myerstown Mennonite Church. In this coming week, the coming year, we don't all know what will take place, but can we be a body of believers that is glued together, building bridges and not allowing walls to be built? So God bless you as you build bridges this coming week. Why don't we stand for a prayer? After the prayer, maybe we can have a closing song and you can be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. I thank you that we can gather together as a body of believers in unity. I thank you for teaching us how to live. I thank you for the many things that we have in common as a body of believers. And I pray if you've spoken to anyone sitting here this morning where there is walls that have been erected and not torn down, I pray that you would speak to their hearts in a very clear way. And I pray that they would uh, listen to your still small voice. And I pray that bridges can be replaced with the walls. And I pray that our relationships would thrive and that we can be body of believers that is fitly fitted together with all things or with things in common and pray that your kingdom would advance through the in this beautiful way that you designed it pray that you would be with us from here bless us protect us and help us to serve you pray this in jesus name amen